I like using the autofocus. It makes me feel like somebody's watching me. It's like being my very own big brother. Oh, hey, big brother. Can you see me up here? Is it weirding you out that I'm calling you big brother, Graham? You're going to feel weird when you edit this, aren't you? What's up, kids? How are you doing today? It is... I believe it's March. I think I'm still in March, right? I could be in March. You guys probably aren't in March, but I'm still in March. And I'm still in lockdown. I am 121 days into the second streaming run of doing a stream every day. That's 121 days. I'm almost at 150, which this episode will be... Probably about 153 of the podcast. So we're we're, we're dealing, dealing with a lot of numeric values in terms of uh, well, what I'm creating and, and quanti- quantifying in terms of content. That's a lot of content. And that's you know a lot of time spent with myself uh, within lockdown. If you don't know, I'm gonna I'll fill you in a little bit. So England and the UK. I'm gonna I use England as the example because I know Scotland varied teeny tiny bit. Um, from what we did, and I know Wales has its own rules as well, but within the UK, we went into lockdown, I want to say, prior to December, right? It was it was way prior to December, it might have been November time that we went into lockdown, and then, bar from like a two-week drop-off in December, um, we we kind of continued out of that, and we, we, we picked up into the new year with like a full full proper UK lockdown so all the stores are closed bar from like supermarkets and essential items um, you're not allowed outside unless you go exercise um, you can meet people in your social bubble but only one at a time and and we've been in this situation for a while so that's why I've been doing the daily streams right this is why we picked up the daily streams and I thought I should probably discuss at some point why I started doing the daily streams so some of you may know that I did daily streams last lockdown and basically, I created them as a way, essentially, I saw it as a public service, right? That's how I thought of it, is one, I live alone, right? I live in my own space, in my own little world. I don't own the house, but I live on my own, which means my social interaction is completely dependent on me. You know, it's not the, not the nice. Nobody's turning up on a push bike and saying, hey, Graham, do you want to go play a game? You know, and then me politely declining because I'm, you know, introvert. But it's it's very much along the lines of I make my own joy. So <laughs> I make my own joy. Oh god. I feel like I need to be in like a, a beige t shirt and cargo shorts to say that. I make my own joy. Do you know that? I also make marmalade on the weekend and I listen to the various radio shows on Radio Four. Did you know that there is a badger somewhere in northeastern Europe which Collects acorns. I don't know what that, what that was, but we're, we're dealing with it. I've left it in. You, you're just going to have to accept that that was part of this podcast. What was I saying? I live alone. Yeah, so I live alone. So I started doing the daily streams. And they're basically just a way to escape lockdown for me. And I realized that a lot of people needed something like that as well. Because lockdown's heavily anxiety-inducing for the world around us. It causes a lot of uncertainty. And the thing which you can get around uncertainty with is giving people a consistent 
point of interest. That's something I know from my own point of view, um, and I have discussed before. In fact, I can probably give you the best example of that was when I discussed going traveling alone. There's the, the consistency aspect of traveling alone is is pretty valuable to someone with anxiety. Um, in my case, it's uh, when I go to restaurants and stuff like that. So yeah, cool. If I can get a consistent instruction on what I need to do or what, what I do when I'm in a restaurant, then I feel much more comfortable. Simple as simple explanation to a complex problem. So when I started doing the daily streams, I, I that's what I was doing. I was providing that consistency. So when we went into lockdown two, I decided to do it again. You know, it, it seemed like a successful way of doing things, and it gave me something to do. To be honest, it, you know, it, it gave me that little extra, extra little. Hey, here's your daily responsibility. Go complete that daily responsibility out there in the world. And as I say, up to today, it's been 121 days. I think. The overall goal, I want to say, is to probably hit over 200 days because we we won't be out of lockdown until June. And I was having an interesting conversation with a friend of mine just yesterday, in fact, when we were having coffee over Zoom, because that's the thing which is like, that's reality now. Um, and we were talking about how, you know, we we were discussing the way people have been reacting to one another. So as, as you know, I live between, I mean, if you've seen the podcast before, you'll know, I live between two sets of neighbors. And these sets of neighbors are students on either side, which means they're basically groups of friends which live together. And that's, I mean, that can be a stressful situation to live between anyway, but that's for another day. But what that does is it creates an interesting dynamic of people from different households who haven't necessarily chosen to live with these people for the rest of their lives. You know, they're not partners. They're not people they want to be in, you know, commune with in for the rest of their lives. But they've been forced into a situation where they they can't leave the house. They can't really go see other people unless they break the rules. So they've had to deal with that. And listening to them deal with that has been, you know, intense. And I know from friends and family that it, it puts a lot of strain on relationships. And I could see it putting a lot of strain on relationships and, you know, your partners and how you deal one-on-one with things. I mean, the way I think of it is, you know, it's like, almost like being a teenager. It's like being a teenager where you, you have a brother or sister and they're just there all the time and you can't go anywhere. You know, I shared a, I shared a bedroom with my brother for years because we lived in a two-bed bungalow um and we we hated each other by the end of it we got we actually became much closer when i moved out of that room you know it, it was allowed my own room my own space i could do what i wanted to it but that distance really helped and i feel for a lot of people within the world if you guys just haven't had distance from one another, and that can put a lot of strain on things, and I know a lot of people have been worried about it. I think a lot of people have been like, "Yeah, no, does this make me a bad person? And does this, you know, are we are we are we failing at being in a relationship?" No, these are un- this, to use the crap term. It's an unprecedented circumstance to force two people or more as a family to live within their own home all the time. You know, there's a level of freedom with being an adult human which allows you to just exit the house. Uh, and that's that's something we've not had to deal with up to this point. But I think the the way I would say I'm going to relate to the world around me is from my own point of view. And I think being alone with yourself is as much of a challenge. You know, I, I don't I don't want to disparage on anything like anyone else, but being alone with yourself is, is a hell of a challenge. And I think speaking to people 
Um, they, they're more concerned about people who live alone, whereas I'm more concerned about people who live in groups. Because I think it's, I think when you live alone, especially if you live alone for a while, right? I think you you kind of get into a mindset of you are your respon- own responsibility. So you you learn to deal with that. And someone asked me on the stream the other day that you know how how I've dealt with being alone in lockdown. And the answer really it it becomes to the title of this podcast in that the way I've dealt with it, the way I've probably managed to cope with it is that I became my own pet and I still am my own pet. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think I was already. And I think that's something which is just the way I treat myself, is that I am my own pet. And I'm going to explain what that means. I'm not just going to keep saying it over and over again. (laughs) So when you think of your pet, right? If you have like a a dog, cat, lizard, whatever you've got. So you think of your pets. And you think of them as something which lives in your house, which is your responsibility to take care of. Therefore, they are reliant on you. It's not like a child, because a child has its own wants, needs, and emotional thought that it can go do things. There is a level of chaos within child that is not there with pet, because pet can be trained to an extent, right? So as much as a pet can can not go off and do things, but there is a predictability within pets, and that's just, that's my belief. You know, you may not, you may disagree, but there is a level of predictability in pets. There is not within humans, because that's what makes us human. The, the ability for abstract concept and thought is there, and is there in children as well, and that's why children scare me, but that's a whole other podcast. Now, so you've got your pets, and you, you know, you will use dog as an example. So you've got your dog, and you look at your dog, and you go, okay, here's my dog. What can I do to make my dog's life easier. So you buy them a nice bed and you feed them on a regular basis and you don't feed them too much so they don't get too sick and you don't feed them too little so you know they don't eat you in your sleep and you give them a little bit of exercise each day because you know that's what they want and they get restless when they don't exercise and you give them some affection once in a while and you keep them entertained. And those are the basics. That's, that's the basics. You take care of them. So when it comes to living alone and approaching my own life, my brain automatically just goes, okay, well, I'm my own pet now. I'm, I'm consistently my own pet. And that's all I really need to do. I'm in a situation where I don't have control over anything and I don't have the ability to change what is going on around me because I'm under governmental rules, so... My goal should be to keep me here, to keep me going, and if whatever I need to do to do that, I'm going to do that. And obviously there's going to be days where I don't feel like doing that, and then things will get worse, but at the same time, I I, I know how to balance it, and that's something which has become extremely important. So, this can manifest itself in a couple of ways. Now, obviously, it's been a long time, which means... The, the, the thing I was discussing with friends was this, this whole idea that I'm essentially, I'm trapped in my own house with myself. And as anyone who has met me, that's actually quite a dangerous thing for me to have as my day-to-day, right? So when I live alone outside of the situation within the world, um, obviously I have access to other people, but I tend to lock myself away when I'm in an emotional state which I don't feel 
particularly good with or um, I don't want to be vulnerable in front of other people so I lock myself away and I do that and then I use coping mechanisms such as creating and uh, looking inwardsly and, and, and methods of catharsis in order to resolve that situation and that's something which I've done throughout my entire life and this, this again this this whole idea of keeping myself as a pet and keeping myself as a um, a project for myself isn't anything new to me either I realise I've got enough point but I don't care it isn't anything new to me it's something which I've done ever since I was a child you know I've been using art as a coping mechanism since I was maybe you know, nine, ten years old. Ever since someone, you know, picked on me or I got bullied or there was a problem I didn't know how to deal with, I've used art as a coping mechanism. It's a way of me getting my emotions out. And what I find interesting about it is I, I often read lots of things about um, men and people being emotionally stunted and all these kinds of things and saying, oh, well, no, you, you know, they learn it as a teenager. Um, they're not allowed to do this, that, and the other. It's like, well, actually, no, I think... I think it's almost, it, it comes earlier as you are and there's a few ways to deal with it. And I, I think even at the age of like five or six, you, you are taught quite early on the differences between your ways you're allowed to express emotion as a man. Um, so I've been using this for years and years and years and I still do. You know, I, this, is, this is how I create. As I've mentioned before, it's how I deal with life to make me emotionally uh, well-balanced, as it were. And I'm not even 100 emotionally well-balanced. You know, you should see some of the stuff you don't see. But what was I saying? Getting back to my point. Um, but yeah, it can manifest itself in a few ways. And it can manifest itself in, in obviously very dark ways. So there are ways where if you are focused 100% on yourself, you will become judgmental of yourself because we require some level of judgment and you can start to pick at yourself. And that's how manifestations of anxiety about body image and yourself and your own intelligence and the extremely dark thoughts which can all be associated with that do start to come from. And it's a level of understanding that and recognizing that. And I think I discussed this when I did um, I Know How Much My Bread Weighs, is if you if you do micro-focus, then yeah, you, you're going to end up in a bad situation. And you've got to end up looking at life like you are something to solve rather than accepting yourself. So really, the way I do it is I don't, I don't really focus on myself, right? Not in this situation. I focus on the things around me which impact my life and essentially how I can prove them. There's a cat in my garden. I've just seen him. He's doing. He's on the prowl, by the looks of it. Um, but I, I mean, so I guess the, a, a good example of something which is like a microcosm of something which I focused on was. Um, so I have a hallway which is just behind me, uh, which is from my stairs to my bathroom, and it's fifteen feet. Right, not uh, not tape measure feet, but it's fifteen feet. Like my foot, fifteen times from the stairs to the bathroom. It's seven feet while walking. I know that. I know that because at some point during all of this, I counted it. And I also know that that is the same between the stairs and the kitchen. And it's slightly less to get to my door, my front door. I know those things. These are things which I know. I only know them because I've been given that space. I know what my roof looks like when I lay down at the bottom of my stairs. 
because I'm alone with myself. And I'm exploring those things. I'm exploring those bits around me which I'd never had time for before because I'd have been out of the house. And I know these things. And that's that's when I recognize danger. You know, That's when I recognize, okay, these are things which I've never had thought about before, but now have the time to focus on, and this, this could escalate. This could escalate into something where I'm measuring every single wall, and I'm creating structures of my house, and I'm becoming obsessed with it. And this could be a lot worse. But then in the other sense, I'm also automating my house. You know, I, I've gotten to a point where, I, you know, there's a, oh, there's a great line. Um, I'll get back to that in a moment. But, yeah, you know, I've automated my house. So I have the coffee maker downstairs, uh, which is a percolator, which is like a filter coffee machine with, a, you know, one of the coffee jugs. It's not fancy. It's, it's kind of like a one from the 2000s. Uh, it doesn't have Bluetooth, doesn't have a timer, doesn't have an alarm. Can't play Spotify or anything like that. But what it can do is it can get turned on and off, and I have an analog lamp switch, which I found. So I set up an analog lamp switch. I set up a switch to turn the coffee maker on and off. So every day, all I have to actually do is just refill the coffee maker. And now I have coffee on demand. Um, there are parts of my house which I've kind of never really had to deal with or were minor inconveniences, and I've adjusted them to make my life easier. The same when I got my robot vacuum. I hate vacuuming. I really do. So I bought a robot vacuum to allow me to do that. And it's just about adjusting those little things. So I've been in my house for the majority of a year now. And you can imagine what that's like. Those are coping mechanisms. They're tiny projects. Teeny tiny projects. But they've kept me sane by looking at my house. And the line I was thinking of, is, you know, people people get on about, you know, being trapped at home with family and having this, this conflict. And those are things which challenge you, right? Those are things which challenge you. Being at home with family challenges you. Being alone with your parents, your, your siblings, your partners. Those are the things where you're like, oh, no, well, they're causing me issues, this, this, and this. And you can't really solve those issues. I'm at home with myself. And the line I was thinking of was from Watchmen. Um, and I think it's when Rorschach sent to prison and he he they're saying like he's trapped in there with them and they're gonna hurt him because he's he's the hero and they're trapped in there but he says and but his line is no you're not trapped in i'm not trapped in here with you you're trapped in here with me because he hunts down criminals and kills them and that's what you know they are all are all criminals and it's very true it's very true of living alone and being on your own is is you are trapped completely with yourself and in at times that can be just as you know challenging and dangerous as living with friends and family um i'm not i'm never going to say it's worse because i i can't i can't compare you know i've lived with people and i've lived with a partner i did so for several years and it's very much along the lines of I can see how both situations balance. I just don't think people should. I don't think people should play down that aspect of it. I'm just trying to demonstrate how I've kind of coped with it. Someone else asked me um, on stream whether doing the streams has helped, and it has helped. And I, I, th I think I remember saying that I think almost is is kind of like a genetic personality type within my own family 
is that we're quite good with coping with situations, but also we know when to pick up and drop a project. We know when something's becoming destructive for ourselves. Um, my granddad, I vividly remember, uh, when my nana passed away. So my my granddad had been in the army uh, in his younger life, and then my nana got cancer, and she passed away. And I, I remember going to visit him. I think I was, I was quite young at the time. I was in... I was like maybe pre-teens or teen. Um, but I went to visit him and he looked rough. You know, he answered the door and he was unshaven. I'd never really seen him unshaven. I'd never seen him with a five o'clock shadow. Um, but he was kind of unshaven and he looked, just looked a little grey. And I just thought, oh, I'll check on him. I'll see how he's doing. And he he bounced back so quickly. He's like so quickly. Like it almost just seemed to roll off him. And then when my granddad passed and I was there with my dad and we were clearing out the the home where he lived. Um, oh, it's just a room in a, in a old folks home. Um, and then my dad bounced back really quickly and I never saw him deal with anything. And I remember him talking about how my granddad used to shine his shoes. My granddad was in the military and they got told to shine their shoes. So then when my nana passed, he kept shining his shoes. He kept shining his shoes and he was in a wheelchair. So he didn't need to. His, his shoes never became scuffed. But he kept kept looking after his shoes. And my dad, he, he coped kind of the same way. He gave himself projects. He gave himself things to do. He gave things to occupy his mind whilst he was processing the motion. And I think that's important to remember is that we don't use it as a way of ignoring the things we're doing we use it as a way of processing the things we're doing and that's essentially how i've coped i've i figured out that i could give myself projects to process the emotions i'm going through and the situation i'm dealing with to create consistency it's a faux consistency and i know it is i know completely that it's a structure i've developed myself but it's a consistency you know i do these daily streams i record the podcasts i create and I just made myself a reliable pet situation, essentially. Animals crave consistency, but humans do too. I don't know if there's a point to this podcast, but all I'm saying is that I'm, I'm, I'm two steps away from having a drip, tip, drip bottle coffee pot and making my meals to a standard which is, is higher Um to give myself a comfortable level of living so I can process. And I think if you can formulate a consistency within your life, it makes things easier to deal with. And I think projects are a fun way of doing that because they can give you a result. And I think little things around your house can be a way to do that. And it may be a way if you're, if you're struggling to deal with things right now and you're struggling to deal with family and all these things, just giving yourself you know, a daily weekly project, something to focus on, it gives you that initiative to get up and get out of bed and value the time you have. And it also distracts you just enough that your brain can process in your subconscious anything you may be dealing with. That may help. It may not. All I'm saying is if you see me walking around with a dog collar on, um, maybe I went too far. I don't know. It's been nice to talk to you guys. Maybe I'll see you on the daily streams. Because I'm just coping.
But until then, I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.